The New Testament reading for this morning comes from the book of James once again, beginning in the third chapter at the 13th verse. And James wrote these things. Do you want to be counted wise, to build a reputation for wisdom? Here's what you do. Live well, live wisely, live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk, that counts. Mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom. Twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom. It's the furthest thing from wisdom. It's animal cunning, devilish conniving. Whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others, Things fall apart and everyone ends up at the other's throats. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. Where do you think that all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come about because you want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourselves. You lust for what you don't have and are willing to kill to get it. You want what isn't yours and will risk violence to get your hands on it. You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? And why not? Because you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to. Your spoiled children each wanting your own way. So let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? O oh God of unsearchable mystery and light, your weakness is greater than our strength. Your gentleness confounds the power we would claim. You call the first to be last and the last first, servant to be leader and ruler to be underling of all. Pour into our hearts the wisdom of your word and spirit that we may know your purpose and live to your glory. Be with us as we encounter your word for us this day. Amen. One day a woman came home to find her husband in the kitchen shaking frantically with what looked like a wire running from his waist to the electric coffee pot that he had in his hand. It seemed that he was being electrocuted, so intending to jolt him away from the deadly current, 
She whacked him with a plank that had been left by the back door, breaking his arm in two places. She later found out that up until that moment, he had been happily listening to his iPod. <laughs> Who knew? Several years ago, the New York Telephone Company made a detailed study of telephone conversations to find out which word is the most frequently used word. Can you guess what word it was? It was a personal pronoun. I, I, I. It was used 3,900 times in 500 phone conversations. Who knew? We like ourselves. If you enter the lobby of a big building, you'll most often find the walls filled with mirrors. They do that because they have discovered that people complain less about waiting for slow elevators when they are occupied looking at themselves. Who knew? We're talking about wisdom this morning, and James writes about it, and we might be taken by surprise by some of the things that we find out. Here's a poem that I think says a good deal about where we might start from. My dad gave me a $1 bill because I'm his smartest son. I swapped it for two shiny corners because two is more than one. And then I took the quarters and traded them to Lou for three dimes. I guess he didn't know that three is more than two. And then along came old blind Bates, and just because he can't see, he gave me four nickels for my three dimes, and four is more than three. And I took the nickels to Mr. Coombs down at the seed feed store, and the fool gave me five pennies for them, and five is more than four. And then I went and showed my dad, and he got all red in the cheeks, and closed his eyes and shook his head, too proud of me to speak. <laughs> One more thing and then I hope to wrap it all up. An old Persian proverb that at first seems more like a tongue twister than sound advice, but if you listen carefully, I think you'll hear its ring of truth. He who knows not and knows not that he knows not, is a fool, shun him. He who knows not and knows that he knows not, is a child, teach him. He who knows and knows not that he knows, is asleep, wake him. And he who knows and knows that he knows is wise, follow him. You know, I think what runs through all of these bits, as well as consistently through the reading from James, is that wisdom is primarily a lifestyle. That is, wisdom is first shown by the way that you relate to other people. It's a practical use of knowledge. It has more to do with your works than your words. It is something that you do, your character and your relationships, not your IQ and education. 
And James writes, encouraging us to live well, to live wisely, to live humbly. He warns, whenever you are trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart and everyone winds up at the other's throats. You know, every day of your life, whether you like it or not, you encounter people. And people are just hard, plain hard to get along with. And that is why I think we need to learn how to relate wisely with others. And James doesn't just leave us hanging there, he actually outlines some ways in which we can improve on the wisdom content in our relationships. In verse 17, he writes that God's wisdom, real wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. So first, a wise person leads a holy life. And I think he is referring to being morally upright, blameless. A truly wise person is a person of great integrity. If you are wise, you won't compromise your integrity. That means you are not going to lie to me, you're not going to cheat me, you're not going to steal from me, you're not going to take advantage of me, you're not going to mislead me deliberately. All relationships are ultimately based on trust. And when you lie to people, you will eventually lose their trust. And when you lose that trust factor, you have damaged that relationship. And it is very difficult to rebuild a damaged relationship. And it takes a long time. If you're wise, you will maintain your integrity by always speaking the truth, even when it hurts. The one who has integrity is not afraid of being found out. The wise person lives a holy life, morally upright, truthful, faithful, trustworthy. Second, a wise person is peace-loving. To be peace-loving means more than simply not fighting back when you are wronged. The word carries with it the idea of one who is actively pursuing peace. This is the kind of person who when they see division and argument, wants to remove them. This person always seeks answers and solutions to divisions and quarrels around them. Such a person wants to patch up quarrels rather than create them. And those who are peacemakers, we know, will reap a reward from God. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers. And that's the point here. If you're a peacemaker, your life will be blessed by God. The wise person is not only one who lives a holy life, but is also peace-loving. And third, the wise person is considerate. The word translated considerate is a rich Greek word. It conveys the idea of being tolerant of others and gentle toward them. This person will not at all times declare and stand up for their rights. They know how and when to give in. They willingly step aside for the good of all. The one who is not considerate is the one who always stands up and demands the last tittle of his or her rights. But the one who is considerate knows that although they may be legally right to do something, that something may also be completely unchristian. 
A person who is wise is tolerant. And sometimes he or she just gives in for the sake of a higher law of love. And a wise person is submissive. This does not mean being wishy-washy. But it carries with it the idea of open-mindedness, respecting the opinions of others. It means being sincerely open to suggestions, being someone who is teachable, not obstinate or stubborn. This person is open to reason, one who allows discussion. You can work with such a person. Wise people can learn from anyone. They are not closed and defensive, but open and teachable. Are you reasonable? When you come up against a person who disagrees with you, do you show them an open and reachable spirit? The wise person knows how to say, I'll think about it, I really will. Often we are so sensitive to criticism and suggestions that it is very difficult for us to learn anything. Wisdom is reasonable. It is willing to yield. That seems a good place to stop for a while. But I think on this Sunday when we place the word of God in the hands of our third graders, it is good to be reminded that this book contains much wisdom not only by what it has to say and through the stories that it plants in our hearts, but through practical teaching on how we might obtain more of it and fold it deeper into our being and into our relationships. Who knew? Amen.